I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is a big one because I'm going to be talking about a huge topic and a big source of contention with a lot of parents and teens, and that is technology use. This includes computers, phones, iPads, TV, video games, all the things. And I thought that this would be a perfect time to talk about this because summer break is upon us. And one of the biggest concerns that I hear the parents I work with talking about is how much time their teenager will be spending on their technology, on their devices this summer, because they have more free time. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today, but I'm going to be doing a little bit of a different spin on it. So often technology use in teens gets a bad rap. So I am going to approach it from two sides. I'll start by explaining to you the warning signs and the concerns around the excessive use of technology and the excessive time amount of time being spent behind a screen. But I'm also going to be sharing with you some of the benefits of having access to these things. And finally, at the end, I'm going to be giving you five things, five tips on how to implement a good system, a good system of boundaries in your home so that your teenager isn't on their screen all the time. So I know in our home, at least, when the pandemic hit, my kids were spending more time on their screens. We all were because there was just, well, first of all, we were consuming a ton of information. We wanted to know what was going on, at least us adults did. But with no structure and no guidelines and no going to school, it was like a free for all for all for all of us. And I know I'm guilty of it as well. And so what ended up happening was we were using the technology as a means to entertain ourselves and to get through a really weird time. But the habits that we started at that point, some of them carried over into how we are now, even though things have opened up a little bit. So if you notice that in your home, I'm sure most of us did, that's okay. But it's just a matter of looking at, you know, is this something we want to continue? Is this something that's benefiting us? Do we want to make a shift? And that's where this episode comes in to kind of just analyze what you feel like is right for you and what you would like to do moving forward. And my approach as a parent expert is that we are all parent experts. None of us are experts on everything. But one thing we can do is be an expert on our own child. And obviously this changes day to day. Everybody has a different child with different needs. And so every bit of advice that I give, know that what works for one person may not work for others. And the best thing you can do as a parent is to trust your gut, follow your values, and do what feels right for you and your family. So when it comes to frequent use of technology, I know that along with the pandemic, in, in addition to the 
access, use of screen time and technology and reliance on social media. There was also a big uptick on mental health challenges in teenagers. Whether that had to do with technology or not, it could go hand in hand. It could not. It could just be a bunch of different layers adding to it. But the frequent use of social media has been linked with increased depression. And a lot of that has to do is a result of just social comparison. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but what happens is when you're a teenager, part of your brain is wanting to fit in, but also stand out at the same time. And so when you're constantly bombarded with images that are curated and beautiful and the highlight reel, you are going to be questioning, well, why is my life so crappy? (laughs) Why am I not doing all this fun stuff? Why don't I look beautiful like that? And so having that constantly on the forefront of their mind obviously can lead to feelings of depression. Also, too much time online can exacerbate things that are already there psychologically, some challenges, including anxiety and depression and other mental health disorders. So always paying attention to how the use of technology is impacting. Is it a life detractor or is it something that's really benefiting you in your life? And that's something that you can talk with your teen about. But the point is that teenagers' brains are not fully developed and they're still trying to figure out who they are. They're figuring out their identity and their self-image is still developing. So they're really more susceptible to the negative effects of using especially social media. And that's why limiting screen time can really be so important in these years of their life. So here are a few things that you can pay attention to or look for if you see your teenager has, their usage has slipped into unhealthy levels. So here are eight of the, or actually I think it's seven warning signs that your teenager may actually be struggling with online usage. And the first is first just being preoccupied with social media, video games, other digital activities, basically losing an interest in things that are in real life, activities they used to enjoy. Another thing is if they have withdrawal symptoms, if they get irritable or they feel sad or anxious when they don't have some device or internet access in front of them. Another sign is the inability to control the frequency and the length of the time that they're online. So even when it's creating problems, and that's another thing I'll be mentioning is they see the negative impact, but they're still not able to control the frequency of usage. Also, if you notice lying about the amount of time spent gaming or on other online activities. Using technology to escape from or basically self-medicate negative moods. Using technology to avoid the feelings of, say, grief or anxiety or depression. That's when things can slip into an unhealthy level. Ignoring personal hygiene, not eating properly not taking care of yourself, things like showering and cleaning your room. If those things are falling by the wayside, that could signify an issue. And then lastly, 
losing a job or doing poorly in school due to device dependence. So really, if you see that your teenager is slipping into those unhealthy habits and it's negatively impacting their life, that that's when really like looking to a deeper level of support is a really wise decision. And what really needs to happen when this is occurring, when there's a negative impact of technology usage is that they're, they really, your teen just really needs to recognize that the use of technology may not be serving their interests and their long-term goals. And that's not easy to do because you as a parent, you may see it, but they may not. And if they do, they may not want to admit it because that can be scary for them. Just like being when somebody is uh, addicted to, say, cigarettes or alcohol or um, anything that's unhealthy, they don't want to admit that it's a problem because the idea of cutting back on it or limiting it is scary. So first, just recognizing, hey, this is kind of negatively impacting my life. I can see that happening. And then from there, being willing to create new healthier habits really and things that are not scary one step at a time and just paying attention to how much screen time can be a healthier level for them but also exploring in a safe environment being able to explore those emotions that they're they've been avoiding and using their devices as a distraction and this can be just as simple as social anxiety of course, social anxiety is not simple, but they may not recognize it as being social anxiety when they're in a group of people and they use their phone as a distraction because they don't want to have to make conversation or because they're feeling uncomfortable about something that's around them. They're using their phone as a distraction so they don't have to feel that uncomfortableness. First of all, really just being okay with allowing themselves to feel uncomfortable sometimes. That's really a great first step. And really just having a safe place. And when I say safe place, feeling all of these emotions can be so scary and uncomfortable. But really all it is, is a feeling and a vibration in their body. And what can happen is when they avoid it for so long, it gets worse and harder and harder and scarier and scarier. And when I say safe environment, I mean around a trained professional who can hold space for them or being in an environment where they it's socially acceptable for them to allow those feelings to move through them. So my best and most important word of caution is to, if you see this turning into an issue or turning into something that's really detracting from your teenager's enjoyment of life, it's not like ripping off a Band-Aid. It's not like, okay, that's it. We're just going to cut it off and, you know, sink or, sink or float. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not going to benefit your teenager. It's going to probably create a huge rift in your relationship, loss of trust, my advice is to always communicate your concerns and have an open and honest, curious, just always approach it with curious um, conversation. 
about what you're seeing and what you're concerned about, and then make a plan with them. Not for them, but with them. So now on the flip side, after saying all of that, there are some really positive sides to technology usage. So if you're noticing that this is happening with your teen and it's not becoming a life detracting thing, making limitations is, is still important, but it's not as essential. So it's just a part of your teen being able to manage their usage and make sure that it doesn't fall into unhealthy levels. But some of the really positive sides to the use of technology and social media is it's a great way to learn new things. I know that, you know, when we were in lockdown, you could look up how to make a balloon animal. That's something that my daughter did. She learned how to make balloon animals. She learned how to bake macaroons. You know, there's a lot of things that you can learn and, um, experience or kind of give yourself the opportunity to broaden your knowledge base about. So that's a really great way to do it. It's also a good way to meet new people who don't live nearby. I know my girls have some friends that don't live in our area and they are not in real life friends. They're virtual friends and they have met up from time to time and they are really great friends and they have a lot of fun together. So it's also a great way to have a broader base of friend groups. It's also a really great way for your teenager to be able to express themselves and to form their identity. I know that a lot of teenagers can get creative using a YouTube channel or on their Instagram or whatever TikTok they decide to use. It's a way for them to express themselves and to see who they are in a greater base and um, bigger community. And it's also a great way to stay connected with friends and be involved in diverse communities. So if you live somewhere where you are limited in the population around you, to be able to have access to different people with different beliefs and different upbringings, and also stay connected with people that you are friends with that you moved away from. That's something that my girls do. They communicate with their friends online that they don't live next to anymore. And also research has really shown that the things that help young people, whether it be teens or tweens, have a positive experience online is really having a good understanding of how online media works. So understanding things like privacy settings and really just knowing the inner workings of it. And also having the ability to consume and create content that adds value for themselves and for others. So what is the impact that, is, that this is having on me? And what is the impact that this will have on other people? So being always mindful of how you feel when you are consuming or creating. And here are five ways that you can help your teens' dependence on and usage of technology, keeping it under control this summer. So number one is a big one, is to pay attention to your habits. Your teenager is watching. So if you have unhealthy habits, it can be hard to enforce the rules that you're not following yourself. Like, do as I say, not as I do. That's not going to work here. Pay attention to your habits. Don't expect your teenager to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. Number two 
is to encourage single task behavior. So discouraging things like watching TV while scrolling their phone or texting while doing homework. They think they're multitasking, but they're really just being constantly distracted from one activity to the next. Number three is to establish clear rules around technology usage. Don't leave it up to your teenager to come up with these rules for themselves because they don't have the capacity or maybe even the interest in doing it, but do involve them in the decision-making. This will give them some buy-in. One rule a client of mine has is no phone usage in the car, and this includes long car rides. It's not easy, but it's a great way to encourage conversation or even just time to zone out. I mean, how often do our teenagers have a chance to just be bored? <laughs> I mean, heaven forbid, sitting and being bored. <laughs> that just sounds awful, right? It can be a really good, good way for your teen to have that experience. And it's also a great way to just encourage interaction and be mindful about what's going on. That's something we do at dinner time. We just no screens at dinner time, no technology at dinner time, and it just is part of what our family does. Number four is to encourage physical activity. And this can be different for everyone, but try not to make it a chore. Like, oh, get off your device and get on the treadmill, unless your teenager loves to go on the treadmill, in which case, for go for it. But there's lots of different activities that can be a little bit more fun and maybe not feel like work. So things like taking the dog for a walk or going for a hike or going to a rock climbing gym. Anything that gets them up and moving and gets them away from their screen. And then number five, schedule family activities that don't involve screens. So do something that's fun for everyone in the family or do something that everyone is at least willing to do. <laughs> like going to the beach, do a craft or a puzzle, playing a game. One of my very favorite ones is volunteering because that's such a good way for your teen to get out of their own bubble, to be able to experience life for other people, other beings, whether it be animals, and make an impact and just basically get out of their own life and their own bubble and have an experience out there that doesn't involve using their phone or their screen or video games or whatever. The key though, is that you set aside the time and you set aside your phone and you spend time together doing whatever it is that you choose to do as a family. And if you are looking for a way to get your teen off of their device and into a mode of growth and development, coaching is the way to go. Reach out to me, schedule a consultation, and we will get to work together, helping your teen feel more confident and healthier in their... If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delaquadri where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.